Hello, and welcome to this special episode of the Storybrooke Podcast. This is the first of two special episodes celebrating the end of our first season. We'll be giving each of our cast members the chance to share with you a piece of literature that they love. We'll also give them just a little bit of time to tell us why they love it so much and what it means to them. But first things first, my name is Graham, and with me today I have... I am your other host, Lucius. Hi, I'm your other, other host, Katie. Hi, I'm your other, other, other host, Liv. Oh, hi, I'm your other, 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 other host, Alish. Special mode. <laughs> and I'm your other, 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 other host, Meg. That was, I think, the most organised way we've ever done that introduction. Good accounting. Good job, everyone. <laughs> yeah, well done, us. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty Quick good going. Um, so, yeah. As I say... These two special episodes will be us sharing with you some choice pieces of literature. Uh, I think we've all gone for poetry. Am I correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Any non-poets in the room? Show yourselves now. No. Okay. Cool. Um, so some choice poems that we love, and we're going to talk a little bit about those and share why that is. Um, I think we should just cut straight to it. So first up to bat is Lucius. Lucius. What are you sharing with us today? Hello, I am sharing Sicilian Love Song by Lord Alfred Douglas with you today. Okay, so, great. Without further ado then, take it away. Let's go. So, Sicilian Love Song. Will the hot sun never die? He shines too bright too long. How slow the hours creep by. Will the thrush never finish her song? She is singing too merrily. Oh, when will the moon come, pale and strange? I am weary, I wait. For the sad, sad nightingale ever sobbing. Will the daylight never fail? Take wings, relentless night. Die quickly, unlovely sun. For my love will come with the night when the dreary day is done. Come soon, come soon, sweet night. His lips are sweet and red where starlight and moonlight mingle. We will make our bridal bed down in the cool, dark dingle when the long day is dead. Okay, Lovely. thank you. So, that was really good. I enjoyed that a lot. I actually don't know that one. Um... So would you be able to tell us a bit about it, please? It's, well, for a bit of context for listeners, mm. Lord Alfred Douglas is one of Oscar Wilde's lovers, was, uh-huh. and actually the one that, yeah, actually the one that he was involved with that led to his trial, because... Oh, he was uh, much younger than him, right? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, that was a pattern. But yeah, Lord Alfred Douglas's father was not happy uh, about their relationship <laughs> and uh, got involved and that is you know what ultimately led Oscar Wilde to being uh, put on trial so mm. I thought it was an interesting one you know it sort of links to Dorian Gray because it is speculated that he he is the person that Dorian is based on okay Ooh. see mm. I like that a lot that's very very relevant mm. very good let's talk a bit about the the content of the poem then um what about it apart from it being Dorian related, what drew you to this poem? It's a really good yearning poem. Like, it's, mm. y- you know, I like not to get too sort of, you know. No, go on. Go on. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I just like the sort of forbidden love theme. It's a bit, you know, it is sad, yeah. obviously, because it's, a, you know, you can't see the person that you love until under cover of darkness because it's forbidden. You know, this, this poem's from 1893, so you know, being gay was illegal. And, you know, that is very sad. But also it's just being so sort of excited to see someone is just really nice. It's just 
the description of his lover is nice as well. It's like his his lips are sweet and red, while starlight and moonlight mingle, like gorgeous. Yeah, it's really it's very uh, picturesque. Mm. I think. Mm-hmm. What did everyone else think of that one? Then um, let's open it up a bit. I thought it was really really pretty. Also, uh, it reminded me of um, some of the the kind of more sonnety types from um, Romeo and Juliet. You know the. Okay. Uh, you know, the never doubt that I love you lines, you know. Mm. Doubt that the yeah. stars are fire. I can't remember the whole vibe, but doubt that... Uh, that uh, to say that truth be alive, but never doubt that I love you, or whatever it is. I think it's really... I just know, I just really liked it. I also, I love me some bird imagery. Mm. Yeah. It's very Emily Dickinson. Mm. It's very Emily Dickinson mm. also. Emily Dickinson, another gay that absolutely loves birds. And I do believe that yeah. mayhaps someone else will be doing Emily Dickinson. <laughs> next week because it was gonna be me oh, a short it spoiler. was gonna be me but then i, I got in there too late mm. i already Indeed. was like no this is my like, sad game and i must talk about that <laughs> so instead i'll be taking my words from a cad and a wastrel you get 50 points if you can guess who that is <laughs> uh to jump on liv's point about romeo and juliet um it definitely, quite literally, at some points, takes that sort of star-crossed lovers mm. thing. Um, yes. Mm. But also the mention of the nightingale. Uh, I think a, quite a, yes. a few of us jumped on this. Um, because in Romeo and Juliet, there's that scene that's like, um, they don't want to leave bed in the morning. And they can't really tell if it's like night or day. And it's it was not the luck. It was the nightingale. No, it was Nightingale, it was the lark. And sort of never wanting to leave each other's side. And that's a sort of sad, beautiful kind of imagery. Mm. I like the imagery of the bed in it as well, actually, because um, once you know the context of it, obviously it talks about bridal bed and things, and you're thinking, okay, we've got a, a heterosexual relationship. <laughs> then if you dig into it slightly, if you scrape the trowel of literature across it, it's... Uh, <laughs> far less heterosexual than obviously you would initially oh, think yeah, of course. which yeah i like those layers that it's got going on <laughs> uh, are there any choice quotes and you've already pulled one out oh. or so that you'd like to point out to us i do like take wings relentless light as well i mean i'm also a big fan of bird imagery it's clearly just a gay thing but it's just like the imagery <laughs> of the day flying away and like the you know the night or the nightingale coming in to replace it and it it's just it's just mm. nice it just flows real well yeah no i like it a lot okay excellent in that case ailish what have you got for us today hello my poem is called to my excellent lucasia on our friendship spoiler probably not friendship <laughs> 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 probably <laughs> I did not live until this time crowned my felicity when I could say without a crime I am not thine but thee this carcass breathed and walked and slept so that the world believed there was a soul the motions kept but they were all deceived for as a watch by art is wound to motion such was mine but never had Orinda found a soul till she found thine which now inspires, cures, and supplies, and guides my darkened breast, for thou art all that I can prize, my joy, my life, my rest. 
No bridegrooms nor crown conquerors' mirth to mine compared can be. They have but pieces of this earth, I've all the world in thee. Then let our flames still light and shine, and no false fear control, as innocent as our design, immortal as our soul. Thank you. Again, another one that I don't know. Would you be like to tell us a little bit about this poem yeah so um catherine phillips um was writing in like the 1600s um she actually had Mm. founded like it's called like the society of friendship and it was just basically a little coven of women and maybe some men that were writing poems and right they all gave themselves little secret names and her name was um, Arinda, but it was like mostly, she was mostly referred to as Matchless Arinda, which is bizarre because she was married and also, don't know if you picked this up, uh, possibly in love with the person in the group who is called Lukasia, uh, who is Anne Owen. And there's many a poem to Lukasia. And it's all very, like, if not romantic love intense Mm. i mean it's hard to it's hard to say it was platonic love just because there's no heterosexual certainly some intense admiration and i think it's not difficult i think you you would have to be deliberately saying it wasn't romantic does that make sense yeah you would Mm. have to really fight Especially when the whole context of the poem is like, hey, we can do what we want because it's innocent. Like, there's a whole mm. thing of like, losing your virginity to a man, you're corrupting your innocence, but women can do what you want. Mmm. <laughs> it's a, a difference in the construction of sexuality, right? Which uh, doesn't work in favour, I will admit, of um, queer... Correct. female uh, female relationships in any way, but it certainly is different to... There's less of the sort of destructive connotations of male-male relationships. Yeah, it's it's tough because, like, obviously it's not nice that it does it doesn't count in a way, but at least they have mm. some freedom to express it. So, why this poem? I I like how dra- dramatic it is. It's like all-encompassing. Okay. I just really like the idea of. Obviously, to like say that your whole world is one person, not a healthy yeah. thing in in reality, but like in a poetic concept, really tasty. Yes, <laughs> there's that line, right? Uh, For thou art all I can prize, my joy, my life, my mm-hmm. rest. Um, what a great triplet. I love it. Um, it's... Yeah, that's... Hi. It's so tasty. Hello. <laughs> it's a bad joke. <laughs> Sorry, it was a bad joke. <laughs> oh, I see. Well, I did, <laughs> I did not follow. Context for those at home, Liv is a triplet. Because <laughs> Graham said we're a great triplet, so I said hello. <laughs> Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> you're, you're doing this beautiful discussion uh, about Ailish's wonderful poem, and I'm just like... <laughs> hello. Hey, 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 triplets. That's really good, actually. <laughs> I thought you were just Thank doing a you. mic check for a second. I was like, hello. <laughs> yeah. If I did a mic check, I would have, I don't know, gently tapped my mic on something. So what did everyone else think of this poem then, before we get back to Eilish? I liked it a lot. It's very cool. I like the um, I like the line that's this carcass breathed and walked and slept. That's sort of... Mm. 
it I just really like the imagery of that. It's it's good. It's a nice juxtaposition, right? Mm. Of things that a waking living body does, but it's carcass. A carcass. It's mm. like this was not life. Mm. Yeah, it's and you know, obviously like you know, like like Alice said with the saying that someone is your whole world, you know, sort of saying that you never truly felt alive until you met someone. Real life, not good. Poetry, mm, good. Yeah. I also like it just as like a metaphor for sexuality. Like it also mm. just feels like a giving in to like giving into this quote unquote friendship is giving into like a new mm. life. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I can see that actually. Good interpretation. Would you see that almost as like a either as a rebirth or as a finding? This is a question for you, Elish, on your interpretation of the poem. I don't know the answer. It's closer to rebirth, but it's more like it's more tied up in like the last the last little bit when she's talking. Actually, it's not the last little bit. Yeah, it's when she's talking about the flames like meeting together and like it's sort of like coming to life, but not rebirth. Because I think rebirth is sort of mm. redundant because it was like there's no life before it, which is very dramatic right. but yeah no i like that interpretation a lot do you have any favorite quotes from it that you'd like to pull out i think i've mostly covered thing i i really like as lucius pulled out the carcass bit i really like the imagery of the watch being wound as well mm. um and and then i like the line that's like then let our flames still light and shine because it just feels rebellious and it feels intimate in yeah, a weird way. Certainly. Like it feels like a candle, which just feels very intimate, which I love. <laughs> and then last but not least, Megan. Hello. Just full named um, you. So to do... by that. <laughs> full <laughs> name. It was very full. Full names right out <laughs> there. Megan the last name. Um Megan last no, name don't middle full name. name me. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how um, names work, Graham. Yeah. Last name, middle name? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Switch sure. it up. Just switching it off, exactly. Um, so today I'm doing a an extract um, from Tema Shanter by Robert Burns because trying to find other Scottish poets who are in public domain mm. is actually quite hard. Warlocks and witches in a dance, Nakatillion brent new free France, but hornpipes, jigs, strathspeys and reels put life and metal in their heels. A Winnick bunker in the east, there sat odd neck in shape of beast, a towsy tyke, black, grim and large, to gee the music with his charge. He'd screwed the pipes and gart them stirl, till roof and rafters a did dirl. Coffins stood round like open presses that shod the dead in their last dresses and by some devilish cantrip slight, each in their called hand held a light, by which heroic Tam was able to note upon the holy table a murderer's banes and gibbet airns, to a span lang wee unchristened bairns, a thief new cutted from the rope, where his last gasp a gab did gape, five tomahawks wee blood red rusted, five scimitars with murder crusted, a garter which a babe had strangled, a knife a th- father's throat had mangled, whom his ain son a life bereft, the grey hairs stacked to the heft, were mere a horrible and awful, which even to name would be unlawful. Very different vibe. Very dramatic, though. <laughs> mm. I love it. I love Can you... Um, Sorry, go ahead, continue. 
Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, very dramatic. Mm. Could you give us... Um, so this is a middle section. Yeah, I was going to say, could you place that in context of the poem? So what what's happening here? So the entire poem, um, to read the entire thing, would take about 10 mm. minutes. Um, it's the story of a man called Tam, um, who has taken a shortcut home through a storm after being in the pub drinking with his friend. Uh, so it's just him and his horse trying to take a shortcut back home to his wife, Kate. And on his way home, he sees um, the old kirk, which is it's just Scottish for old church. Mm. It's a ruined church in this village that's actually the village I grew up in. Really? Oh, wow. And I picked this poem. Yeah. And in this ruin is a big party run by the devil who is playing the bagpipes as um basically just witches dance around and we have some wonderful quote-unquote halloween decorations (laughs) of actual dead people um, holding candles so it's uh it's very dramatic but this is seen to be a kind of like a sort of big sinful party and he sees that then they spy him and they chase him home and they actually pull off his horse's tail. His horse is actually called Meg, <laughs> oh, wow. which is another reason why I picked this. You, um, you're not named after the horse, are you? I'm not named after the horse, okay, I, no. just, I had to check. I need a fellow <laughs> horse girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's as they're trying to cross the Brigadoon, which is um, the bridge over the River Dune. And yeah. as some of us may know, certain natural creatures cannot cross running water um so they get to the middle we say the witches can't chase them and they try and drag back and only get her tail and then he goes home to his wife who's like really mad about the fact that he's been staying out late (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad he got away yeah I, i feel like i need to know does this ruined church actually exist still it does it oh, does. Wow. Um, actually, I could see it from my childhood bedroom window. Really? Um, yeah, we were really oh. close by. Naturally, of course, this is a ruined church. It is very respectful, so respectful, in fact, that they uh, they have bright green spotlights <laughs> to make it look spooky. <laughs> Ooh. But no, it's it's a real place. It's a real place that you can visit. Awesome. Um, but yes, this is in the village that I grew up in. Hence why I picked this poem. And it's spooky, because I like spooky things. It's very good. Mm. I really, I love the spookiness. Um, I feel obliged, I know we've touched on this briefly before, because we did our previous special episode for Burns Night, but could you give us a little bit of um, contextual information for those at home, for Robert Burns, if possible? Yeah. Um, So um, he was born in this village, the same village that I grew up in. and he was a he was a poet, um, <laughs> not a hugely successful one, um, for a long time until he went to Edinburgh, and then a few of his poems were published. Um, he lived a very odd life. He was a known womanizer, um, <laughs> but perhaps not a very respectful one. Um, but n- now a huge deal, right? Now a huge deal, yeah. um, like Auld Lang Syne. Every that's that's Burns. Mm. That's a New Year's thing that's throughout the entire world. It, the impact that he has, without a lot of people knowing who he is, is is pretty huge. I mean, Scottish people obviously know who he is. 
of course um, yeah and probably people in the rest of the uk but uh, in terms of in the americas potentially not unless you have scottish family i don't mean to get into a whole barthesian debate here but does it bother you that people don't know who he is that the author not is hugely not, uh preserved um, with the text as it were I don't know. I think perhaps it's because I, I know a bit about him as a person and I'm not right. massively keen. Oh. Yes. Um, I don't mind separating the art from the artist Indeed. <laughs> of a man who died uh, 250 years ago. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So I think we, you've kind of touched on why this poem specifically for you, because it has such a close link with where you grew up. Uh, but could you just tell us a bit more about why you chose this passage in particular? I just personally just love the imagery of the devil sitting in a corner playing the bagpipes mm. while a lot of witches <laughs> dance around and have a grand old time with decorations of real corpses. I just them. think that, um, good for them. Good for them. Having a great time. Like how recently um, we watched The Witch. <laughs> <laughs> the Vivitch. Um it's very much those. not very recently, but I do have um a little goat that live very kindly bought me for my birthday that I named Black Philip. Um because I do wish to live deliciously. I was gonna say that's big vibes <laughs> of this this thing. Or whenever you were reading yeah, it. it. It is very much it is very much a similar vibe. Um, I think this is the most exciting passage of of this poem that is very, very long. Hearing it from start to finish is, it's a full story and this is just a bit of it, but um, I think this is the most exciting bit because he's essentially left this pub, which is kind of full of old men, and he's having a great time. Then thinking about his wife, who he knows is going to be angry at him going to be scornful um there's a, a line earlier on in the poem um about just how just disdainful she is gathering her brows like gathering storm nursing her wrath to keep it warm <laughs> oh um, that's good that is good and yeah and suddenly he's confronted with a lot of beautiful young women dancing and having a wonderful time and being young and free and lively um, but also potentially evil. <laughs> um, so it's it's a contrast between his wife, who loves him very much, but is very... Um, stern? Stern, yeah. And this exciting youth that he doesn't have anymore. Mm. So it's the element of temptation. But darling, you don't understand. I only went out for one drink, and then the devil <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then the devil happened. <laughs> then there was the um, devil and witches. The... Oh, <laughs> witches! He uh, later on in the poem is just absolutely besotted with this one witch um, who has a very short dress. Whilst he's running away. So he... no. Uh, no, this is before he. So before he's found out, oh. um, absolutely besotted by this woman uh, called Cutty Sark. And for some reason, a lot of boats are called the Cutty Sark. <laughs> the boats um, are named after the witch? Yeah, it's because Cutty Sark oh. essentially just means short dress. <laughs> um, I never knew that. And he shouts, wheel done Cutty Sark, after she just dances very prettily. <laughs> then they all go, wait, who's this guy? So that's how they find out. And then out that's when they chase him out. That's how they find him out, because he's oh, wow. so thirsty. <laughs> Couldn't resist catcalling a woman. 
<laughs> I was about to say all until Lucia said a cackle. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. You don't want to be associated anymore? That, that doesn't do it for you? You don't want to be associated with the catcalling man? No. <laughs> Funnily Good, enough, this is a test and you pass. I'd rather go back to being the yearning poetry lady, actually. <laughs> okay, only gay yearning, no heterosexual catcalling. Noted. If you do catcall someone, then you should be chased by the devil and witches and also have your horse's tail cut off. Uh, Wait, the horse did yeah, nothing wrong. Not available. The horse was catcalling too. Then... You missed that bit. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just saying if, is, if a horse uh... is not available, as like an example, if you are now in the modern day and you don't ride a horse anymore, then if you're on a skateboard, they should take the back two wheels. If you're on a bike, they should take the back wheel. If you're wearing a coat, they should take those little string bits from the bottom <laughs> keep it tight um good if you're in a car yeah, pull just, off just, the just, exhaust pipe if you're if you're wearing a hoodie your hoodie string's gone that's it yeah none or it's like it's done that thing where it's gone halfway your shoelaces oh no yeah i just rip them either way off. some some yeah. sort of <laughs> thing on your person should be taken from you you should be no, mildly inconvenienced it's just a jumper, which you can use, whereas a hoodie where the, the string is halfway around the hood, that's suddenly really annoying, because you're reminded of it at all times. Maybe I should just take the shoelaces, actually. I think that's way more annoying. Yeah, it is. Or, no, they should, like, fray the ends of the shoelaces, so they're still Aww. technically fine, but you can never re oh, no. them, and they're always getting worse oh, and worse. Remove the aglets. No. I'm going to take your aglets. <laughs> horror, to be actually. fair, if that does happen to you, you can just dip the ends in wax. Yeah, you can. It's true. Yeah, that's true. No, that's way too small. Shoes I've had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that requires at least one coherent thought. No, <laughs> one singular brain cell. I don't know who's got it today. Obviously, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, communal, the one podcast brain cell that we all share. Indeed, Meg, would you like to pull out any quotes from either this section or from the rest of the poem for us? Um. There's the one that I was super, super scared about, um, this that spooked me as a child, mm. um, because not to dox myself, <laughs> obviously I don't live there anymore. Um, post-dox, but if you will. Post-dox. This is on his kind of ride over to the, um, over to the church, mm. the kirk, and he's basically describing the the scenery around him and all the horrible things that have happened in this kind of wood leading up to the Kirk. And the bit that always stuck with me was, and near the thorn abound the well where Mungo's mother hanged herself. Just, mm. because, um, but there is a short, a walk um, close to the, to the Kirk. Uh, if you walk down the cycle path, which used to be uh, a mm. railway line, there is a, I believe it's a house of some description. It's not my house. <laughs> there is a house called Mungo's Well. And so I don't know if oh. Mungo is a real person, but there the thorn have been the well where Mungo's mother hanged herself. Yeah. Mm. Ooky, kooky, spooky. I'm, yeah. I'm a little caught up on the fact that he's riding his horse home <laughs> from the pub because my first thought was he's drunk driving then i was like no the horse is the horse is sentient so the horse is fine yeah. i'm like he's basically drunk driving a tesla like it's gonna catch fire oh, and just lead him into That's a witch so dance Graham, so how much meg so be nicer to meg yeah how much say do you think horses horse? are smarter than teslas 
to be fair. Horses are so much safer than Teslas. <laughs> You're never going to walk up Horses to a horse and be like, oh bust. no, yeah. I can't get my foot in this stirrup because it's too cold and now it's gone into the horse's side forever. Like, that's yeah, not gonna and also happen. your horse can't, like, Elon Musk can't lock you out of your horse just because also, you haven't, like, if your horse... paid your money or whatever. A horse can lock itself it... out of commission, yeah. though. True, if you don't feed it, it <laughs> will, will die, say... which I guess counts. What... <laughs> What horses can do is horses can also choose to run over pedestrians if they really want to. <laughs> they can choose so to can do that. So can Teslas, to be they fair. They mostly don't, though. I have yeah, that's that's terrible that, that, news that's why I'm making the comparison. the safety of horses and how dangerous they are at times. Yeah, oh, I've no. been horse riding twice, no, three times in my life, I think. Uh, it should be less because I'm incredibly allergic to horses, but my grandmother kept trying to take me because she thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> but the last time we went, a horse stepped on her foot so badly that it was like broken in multiple places. So I think oh. we both lost that round. I had a horse that saved so, yeah. my life one time. Horse is not safe. I want to. No, wait, wait, wait. How did the horse save your life? <laughs> I was very little and I was okay. slipping on the ice and I fell underneath it. Um, and it literally did the splits and held itself up over me so that it did not fall and crush me. Aww. Yes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so you, your life was saved by a horse? Yes. Cool. On and, many and... reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Meg, not good to go back to the spooky poem and your spooky yes. village, but... My spooky village... <laughs> more spooky village um well i would just like to point out that meg has told me a couple of times what how her childhood home was haunted. it was almost certainly haunted yes right um can you tell us about yes this? one of them i cannot tell um because okay, that is like not. zeroing in on on where this place is um <laughs> <laughs> triangulate that location um, <laughs> fully doxing I however will tell you later how many people can we dox um, in one the slightly more interesting one is okay, good, good, good. there good is a good story I, I, it's something entirely unexplainable um, there is something in my house and I don't know what it is um, so for context um, when I was at school uh, my parents worked full time. They're retired now. Um, and I would take the school bus home and I would like study, do my homework and whatever until they came home. Um, one time around the time that my mum would be coming back, I heard her. I was studying. I heard her car pull up, the door open and her like heels click clacking on the floor um into the study where I was and I could see out of the corner of my eye her legs and her shoes and I said hi mum um I'm just wrapping up my homework but I'll like come through to the kitchen and help you with dinner soon um and then like I fully turned my head and looked up and there was no one there and her car was not in the driveway what what um oh no oh Oh. (laughs) and did you immediately leave the house I don't like um, that. But the thing is, it happened with my mum, with my dad, and then it happened with my dad, with me. Was the profile of the feet... Um, so just the feet no. each time? So I just saw my mum's feet, 
And oh, go on. My mum. Yeah. So my dad, I can't remember. Um, I think just in the house, but he was outside washing the cars, I think. And then. So like the full body. I think so. I can't quite remember, but my dad then saw me in my dressing gown going to put something in the room where like the washing machines are, but I was still upstairs asleep. Oh, that's freaky. Okay. At any point, did they see the face? That is kooky, spooky. I don't actually think so. No. Hmm. There's definitely something spooky going on there. Oh, well. That's, you, you've well, got a, I'm alive. You've got a very tricky <laughs> yeah. ghost. I'll a argue. Spirit. I, have we ever seen the full Meg? What? No. I've hugged her. I've, I've hugged her. No, she's Meg too small, too times. far to look. I have full Meg, Meg is actually okay, good, in good, Scotland. Good. Full Meg never moved to England. <laughs> Don't say that. It's <laughs> <laughs> me. Meg. I am One day Meg other, just other Meg. Half Meg pays. Half Your exactly other other from so. the other person. <laughs> oh, no. It's uh, it's essentially yeah, my life is just Coraline. It's fine. Yeah, no. Our podcast, our whole podcast has been an unfiction. We're all we are actually oh, all famously in an ARG. This oh, is the Mandela know. catalog. Alternates. Oh, yeah. Alternates. Kill your, Kill your double. double. Yes, alternates. <gasps> Crikey. Oh, no. Shakespeare's Alex, Alex Gister. <laughs> who is very, very good, very talented. I don't know if it made very it into the cut, man. but many, many episodes ago, I'm talking like at least 10, 15 episodes ago, someone said, what if this podcast was all like an elaborate long form oh. fictional plot podcast? Or not fictional. What? Goodness me. <gasps> oh my God, let's and do it next season. What do you mean next We've season? We've essentially just, just done, done this. It. Yeah. <laughs> we have. True. It's all a delusion, man. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Graham and I aren't actually dating. That's for the podcast. Megan, no, we've actually never. Who are you, actually? Um, Yeah. I definitely don't. Me and Lucius are dating. Definitely don't live together. Yeah, that's it. There we go. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I've just been sending her um, rent and bill money every month just for the This is actually like like, a sugar baby situation. Yeah, essentially, to be fair. Yeah, like secretly my name isn't even Lucius what it's fine no. No. actually Lucius and Ailish are one gender fluid person we were lying when we said they were two separate people <laughs> yeah I'm just I've just got two recording devices going and I keep you're just great at like ventriloquism really quickly I thank you yep look I'm gonna say something in my other voice right now <laughs> Yeah, this is fine. Ah, how are you doing this? Ah. (laughs) You're such a skilled (laughs) ventriloquist. (laughs) I mean, this isn't a video podcast, so... And it never will be. We really have. We've got that frame was like, let's not go off topic. Well, here we are, off of the topic. Yeah, it's fine. It's the end. To be fair, we have have concluded the episode now, so we're just... Okay, let's... In that case, let's wrap it up. Thank you for joining us for this podcast where we reveal our master plan of all being fictional people. Uh, (laughs) And otherwise, for listening to this special episode of the Storybrooke Podcast. Uh, We will see you next time for our second special episode because, as you may have noticed, if you are counting along at home, we still have two people left to go. So we'll see you next time for some more of our favourite literature. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at Pod, and we will see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Ayla, she sound different.